Welcome back to my lovely IHP community. Today we have a lovely Q&A. And this Q&A is about self-proclaimed friendships and the whole notion of human suffering and forgiveness and a couple of different themes we talk about. But the first that I want to look at is the topic of when I've seen people who are predominantly left-mode thinkers, and so they look with a structured approach. And so that would be the empirical data people. And it's not that empirical data is not to be looked at. It's more of when I've met people who are Adults in left mode, I have one story for you on that one. And so adults meaning that they actually have a good awareness of themselves and what they prefer and what they prefer means their likes and dislikes. So they're doing karma, dharma, not karma, meaning they are aware of their karma. They're aware of their past. They're aware of where, where they come from. So opinions, likes, dislikes, what people will use as sanctified or not, this doesn't matter if you have a group, not a group, the point of awareness, and that's where mindfulness begins. And then there's mindsight that you can also use, which is awesome to have. It's a practice. They say that it's like a muscle because they're talking about, by the way, the brain. So most people that I've met who don't practice actively mindfulness, it's clear because they want to hug trees, not people. And they're not aware that they're wanting to hug trees means they don't feel safe with people. And if they're not aware, that's why the adaptive child emotional response is there, because they're not aware that their default mode network with that others and the self is activated and has scanned their territory regarding to people and has decided I'm going to stay engaged in my fight, flight, freeze, my reptilian parasympathetic nervous system branch. I'm going to stay in a defense mode in my human being parasympathetic nervous system branch. And if I get into sympathetic, then I'm going to be agitated and angry and frustrated. So that's where the fight, the flight would be anxious. The freeze would be whereas between shut down, but there's also a state that's still activated. So there are implicit memories in every one of us. And then there's a way that you're right brain will lead you in right, right brain mode. The right brain is um, nonverbal. And so your body, so your body has a language. The somatic experts will see that. A sensory motor expert will see that. If they're well-rounded, if they love humanity, they will also integrate a way to share with people with compassion their knowing, but also with transparency, especially if they're good therapists. Some are not yet good but the ones who are good they will know again this difference between what is theirs what is not and the importance and value of sharing a data point and what i've noticed as i learned from a different number of experts and they have a different number of years of experience and when i look at stephen porges he's the polyvagal theory doctor he does research he's still researching his wife also is in the uh, realm of human behavior. I forget what, but I think it's love and love brain circuitry. Long story short, the people who really care 
Bezel Vanderkoek, Stephen Porges, Daniel Siegel, Janina Fisher, Julianne is one of the practitioners who's part of the NICABM team, Ruth of NICABM, the founder, then there's Ruth Lanus. There's a lot of people, but when I think of the dominant figures that care and they are talking with the knowledge of the body and the mind, Basil Vanderkoek, Stephen Porges, Daniel Siegel, and then there are others that are building based upon those findings, and I know that they're all going to recognize each other. I just don't know all the names of them, but they are all colleagues. They work together. Uh, and so we have Peter Levine, I forgot to mention. Definitely Peter Levine is in there for sure. He has created the somatic experiencing approach, and it's trademarked at this point. So you will see somatic experiencing practitioners. Pat Ogden, I forgot. Pat Ogden for sure as well. She has, I think, trademarked sensory motor. And, and, and so those two groups, they give therapists licenses or certificates, excuse me. And so you will find that a therapist who has sensory motor and or somatic experiencing in their portfolio, if they're good and they care, they will actively use that information and that is very important to note that they're confident and more inclined to notice your body than your talking. And, and here's where, so back to, I'm getting into the psychoeducation, back to my example so we can continue with the self-proclaimed with enlightenment because I want to address those who are left-mode brains are choosing consistently in rigidity to present their group's findings versus look at different number of findings that are out there and bring them bringing them together and i'm going to present something that i've shared before so in one of my classes there was a question many classes i've done and the question was on mirror neurons now prior to this class i had already been given the information in my interpersonal neurobiology class by daniel siegel about how mirror neurons they're discussed. There's a group of practitioners that believe in them. There's a group that doesn't because they don't find that the findings have built enough of a case. And so we have within the realm of mental health, like in any other realm, a divide between these people who say they care, and some of them do, the ones who are open to all information care. Why? Because they're not putting rigidity in the mix. But really, let me put to the side care and let me talk about when you have a mind that works with integration, which is where the enlightenment soul age person is. So anyone who's an enlightenment soul age person will be able to self-proclaim whatever they want without actually proclaiming it, meaning we will use words as any other person does. But the difference is we know we have to use words to basically explain concepts. We're not married to the words. I, as a teenager, was the only time I was the annoying person who would say, oh, but that definition, this book, that, and you know why this changed? It changed not only because in one of my courses, as I learned more with teachers, and they explained to me how words change in time, one of the classes that stands out is my gender and language class, where we went through how words changed. And one of them is something that people use today. And so the same people who use it when they're giving me shit, if you will, about the words that the dictionary is taking in, they, they have missed the aspect of you're using a word that meant something different way back when. You obviously don't know how words work. And this 
is because not of the people, they're learning from the leaders who are close-minded. How dare they change this word? How dare they manipulate vocabulary, manipulate this whole, the manipulation of language? The groups that use it are both on ends of spectrums that are equally unenlightened, may I add, because they're both creating a dispute over something that is silly because we all manipulate as any good therapist will let you in on a little fun fact humanity as to get along you're going to manipulate each other but not necessarily in a way of trying to actually get something out of each other and when that does happen there's different degrees and different aspects but when you get to the bottom of it and you take a look at the person let's say that even if we want to allow ourselves to go all the way and look at maliciousness with intent the structured brain of a psychopath does not light up in the area of the amygdala and the parietal, orbital, whatever cortex, the, the social, um, the breaks, the social breaks we all have. It's, it's a specific word. I'm going to grab my notes. But these two areas are not functioning. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't light up. I'm not 100% sure. I'm thinking they're still looking into that and it'll take some time before they figure it out because of a lot of things. But so far, what is clear is that the person who has a brain that is of a psychopath, it's a structured aspect. So the amygdala, which is where we will see others and be interested in their needs. The orbital is where we would know about social context. And there's a degree of social context and emotion that we will understand what to do or not to do. So pressure, if you will, for those who feel pressured. For those who become aware, of course, I will care about my surrounding. And you work with yourself. Here's where you working with yourself means allowing your default mode network to downregulate. It's okay. Others and the self, there's no threat. This is us, society. And of course, we are emotionally involved. That amygdala, that limbic system is alerted because it involves people. It involves us. And then there's also the part of being co-regulating with each other's nervous systems, the mirror neurons, back to that. So the mirror neurons and the nervous system, the way that Daniel Siegel presents it, and even I think Stephen Porges is that it's like a sponge, or at least Daniel Siegel says it's like a sponge, so you absorb. The reason people get burnout when they don't move into their full compassion is because they don't move to the prefrontal cortex where they can say, okay, this is not my emotion, it's not my nervous system, it's not me going through this. This is someone else going through something. So creating a, it's not distance as in let me move away from you. It's an awareness in your, this is mindfulness and mindsight. And it's your awareness of your own body and your own nervous system. And you're knowing I'm not the one who's anxious. This is somebody else. Let me check in with my friend. Let me check in with the group. Or just disengaging from the entire idea of saying something about the group, for example. Okay, so the, the part of being able to be aware of your surrounding in a way that is attuning to it for an enlightenment soul age person works automatically in this way that I'm describing it. And 5D, by the way, that's where my 5D mystics are, which is unconsciously loving and they are neutral because they're a love cycle people. So they won't be reactive with shame oh maybe i'm not doing this good maybe i'm not doing that good they won't be inclined to serve 
in this, I'm going to baby you or mother you or whatever, there's time to grow up into learning not to do that, I should add, because we will tend to be concerned with the well-being of others. That's actually our human nature, to tend to each other. The difference is the shame cycle people have a pressure about it. So when things don't go the way they would want, so there's a misattunement between people, okay, so disagreement, the people who have shame cycle have the egos that get bruised. Oh my God, did you see my friend? They were so rude to me. Okay, love cycle people, we grow out of that as we get to become adults. So teenage years is where I'm thinking there are aspects that I looked at, experienced, and said, ah, this is not love, this is strings attached. It was very easy to identify expectations. That's the second sub-module, if I remember correctly, for the first main module of dealing with the unknown uncertainty and wanted of the inner growth program, for example. People and expectations. So if you are a person who's an independent human being, which is where the Enlightenment so age people stand, their oats is off, the default mode network is down-regulated, our ventral vagal is therefore consistently on. They're not scanning others in the self to say, let me get your approval. We're not looking to be seen, soothed, and validated in our, let's say, self-proclamation of what we believe in or what we feel in. We, we have no care of what you have to say about it, not because we don't care. We don't emotionally have an effect that you will be the judger of it all. No, you know, uh, if anything, I will acknowledge the feelings that I have. I'll tend to them and I'll be able to, in time, silence them because there's no need for me to be reactive in my body to what you have to say. I'm not you, you're not me. We're different. It's very straightforward. And even when people will make very, 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 very unfortunate accusations, it's happened where they are very heartbreaking, to say the least, there will be something very straightforward that takes place within a person who is a 5DC enlightenment soul age group. It will be knowing in your heart of hearts what you have done, what you have not done, and what is false. And so the heartbreak does not actually uh, create any blinders. There's a way of being objective, of acknowledging you and I are differentiated selves. You will make your conclusions with whatever brain you have, and I will make my conclusions with whatever brain I have. I am not you, and you are not I. So there's immediate acceptance of a person's opinion, because it's not ours. We don't care. Your opinion, not mine. What do we tend to? We tend to the aspect that is of the mental and emotional state of you, the self of you. Is I have a name, so my heart, if it's upset, I get to tend to it. Is very easy. No expectations in, oh, you need to emotionally validate me, make me feel better. That's for the shame cycle people who stay within this realm of, oh, they're a bad person. They, there's the justification of the adaptive child and of societal rules. Oh, let me give you the rules of why I'm right. And they go to people that will say yes to them. And that's their group who says, here, here now, let me say how right you are versus, well, there's always two sides to the picture so it's not about right or wrong the adults will allow themselves to navigate a territory of relationships are not about right or wrong any word is not about right or wrong there's interpretation so if you want to be flexible adaptive coherent energized stable you move into more of the adult version of you if you want to be rigid you stay in the adaptive child and here's where we got plenty of educators that are in both realms so back to this example a left mode person who has more awareness so they're not rigid but they're not fully flexible yet Okay, 
This is where the equation is one presenter teaching and sharing what side of the practitioners know and or believe in something that is being still built. The other side doesn't believe, doesn't agree, thinks they're false, doesn't have any room for it at all. Okay, they present you all the information. That's what I had gotten. So with the mirror neurons, I know some practitioners believe, some don't. I get into another situation where a student asks a question. The immediate response was, they don't exist. They're untrue. Don't believe in it. Basically, it was cancel. And that was where I had already noted that this particular instructor, because if there's another thing, the Enlightenment, so Adri person who's a mystic will be aware of is how a person is vibing and where they are at in a very specific, again, way with flexibility and rigidity, if you will. And so anytime a person has any form of self-defense, <clears throat> this is where we will notice it because their vibe is down a notch. It's not good or bad. Their, their vibe's down a notch. They got a bodied, an armored body, which is that how a person protects now, this is a term I've heard before, and I've heard it again. Somatic experts use it. And so people who still are not in a complete restorative embodied self, aware of themselves, mindful, mind sight, choosing to downregulate their oats. So saying, I'm safe with people. I don't want to use this idea that I have to keep on assuming, not assuming. So it's once you're just going to drop all that is a stereotype of generalization and, and live in that now which is from your heart in the flow state and just being smart about your surroundings. This is not hard to do if you have very straightforward. You wake up in the morning, you have routine, you go out. Like the surrounding of every person, if they look at it second by second by second, is a situation that you can handle with your, your awareness. The idea that if you <clears throat> do something or not something... Um, it's the, it's the nervous system that accompanies the doing. So I'm going to use, again, me as an example. I will have always chosen to not go to places in the city, for example, of Naples, that I know my loved ones that know the area will have told me is not ideal. Why? Because if I'm by myself, I'm a four foot nine woman, why would I do that? Okay, I've had people who instead they've disregarded this particular data point they have gone to these areas and they found themselves in unfortunate situations that created circumstances that were not pleasant now their reactivity was to criticize the city to criticize the people to insult humanity to yada 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 and it's not about those aspects not being unfortunate it's about a couple of things to make a change we need to work with the system that exists not the verbiage of criticism, doesn't do anything, sends out that energy, you're living that emotion, and you're not doing anything to change the area. Furthermore, you are disregarding the level of economical lack of, of that group and unresolved trauma and so many other actual activities that no person that was by accident walking, not by accident, by, go, by choosing to go to the area, you disregard that that area is poor and needs support and needs a system, needs a lot of things, and you're criticizing and casting stones, and, and there's like, all you're doing is being negative. 
And furthermore, you chose to disregard what you knew about your same city. So these are people who know the areas, who know that this is where it isn't about justifying the acts. It's about recognizing that people who commit such bullyism, when it happens, you will note their age, you will note what's the area, you will note a couple of variables. And again, those areas are in any country that I've ever been in, when it comes to the Western world, wherever there is a kind of dangerous, there's poor people. There's poor people. This is not something to be judged. This is, we need to support them. You know what I love more than anything is hearing about the educators who do that. So when I got to meet with these groups of educators, Daniel Siegel, thank you, they're all, uh, the lady is a PhD lady, so she works in an institution, and they brought mindfulness to one of, the co one of the schools, and they've done studies, so the study proved it worked, and this is where they're creating a whole network of local, the local uh, educational system has implemented this type of summer camp where children and parents get to learn mindfulness. And what their study, empirically speaking, through their trials, so they have a case study, what happened was these parents and children learn to be safe together and it brought benefits to all so that is it brought tangible benefits to the entire household and to the educational system and that's the effect that's going to ripple to society and this is in a low income situation area so this is an area that needs that okay and it's just so beautiful which is where I hope to somehow create something similar, but in a different way and for different purposes. And in particularly for me, my, my idea is Naples is my city. And there's reasons for that. But long story short, every city could have someone like this person. And in fact, my idea is to ask and follow suit and use their case study as a case study to bring forth a couple of things, and that's where self-proclamation, back to that. If you want to help, you're not thinking about what's right or wrong. You're, you're looking to be creative on how to be a part of the system that needs support. And the people who cancel, so to finish up that story, this individual, as they kept explaining what they're explaining to answer the student's question, ended up saying, you know, at the end of the day, some practitioners, they do believe in it, some don't. It hasn't been proven, it hasn't been disproven, but I am sharing disregard it. And that is where they regained awareness of what and how they were talking, and they allowed themselves to give a little bit of food for thought, basically. Here's where I stand, and here's though what they know and don't know, and so allow yourself to disregard the mirror neurons is what he basically stated but he also ended with allowing himself to make clear they have not been disproven so this was the more important part because it's not been disproven and there's a buttload of practitioners that instead they will use and i personally as somebody who does have that perception of others total sponges for sure if I'm around a bunch of hyperactive nervous systems, like when I was a couple weeks ago in this area where they were having a concert, I was for the first hour at least trying to settle in and figure out how do I discharge? How do I get me to be in um, 
distance what is around me and and that's a fun practice if you will not too fun but still fun for those of us who know it's nervous systems and nervous systems and that's again from the perspective of a person who's a 5d mystic not the 4ds they talk about energy vampires negative auras dark auras all that stuff and it's very sad to see them not learn more about being a human because if they did they would recognize that energy is not positive or negative in the sense that it can hurt you if they'd start learning from educators though that are in a 5d spectrum so there's also those who are not in this spectrum and therefore if you hear nope don't believe in it here's where someone can go and run with it and say oh but i got told by this instructor not to believe in it because it's not true and this reminds me of one of and again, other students mentioning Gabor Matei and him saying, don't listen to your gut. But this person took it completely out of context, I am sure, because Gabor Matei talks about the mechanisms for people who do self-soothing because of unresolved trauma. So he, he talks about drug addictions, ADHD. He talks about how people are following a gut that is not being guided effectively, in fact, because they're patterns are of self-soothing because of here's where the shame cycle comes in but also a body that doesn't recognize that restorative embodied self yet so it's been cut off from everything's going to be okay and there's a dysregulated and modulated embodied person so you have two layers that you get to work with on that note and it's only if a person is actually going to care about their body which is their feminine and their mind their masculine and work with their mind in mindfulness and in mind sight in equanimity and work with their body with compassion and love, meaning understanding that the feeling of not being safe around people, so wanting to hug a tree, is not a truth. It's, it's because of, right here is where we can go back to attachment category, and we can understand that. And there's an attachment system, which is where our lovely limbic system and amygdala is, and then you have a defense system, which is where that is the brainstem and, and usually the implicit memory that comes up for people when they have implicit unresolved trauma. So it's all the sensations and emotions. As you get into a emotional state, a charged state, you're going to begin to feel temperature. The, the, the part of where people don't learn to work with themselves because they disregard that and they don't care about calming themselves down as they interact with each other. And that's something that those who learn to do in time and then they learn to come out of their own ideas and to welcome all ideas are the ones who move into a completely integrated mind and here's where with self-proclamation what i saw one once was this guy who was talking about said guru and others have talked about this as well and he's not the only person who has used self-proclaimed titles but this is the part of where the only ones who make a big deal out of self-proclamation like this are the people who are of a group who then decide I'm against that group and here's where there's not even an awareness that they're against. They just disagree and they want to win. They're wanting to break down everything that the other stands for, which right here is where this is humorous to me because they're taking in a form of criticism another to break it down, to destroy it essentially because they disagree with it. And the part about what an enlightenment soul age person will note is that 
anyone who's wanting to destroy something it means that you are against it you don't stand for it it means you have an agenda it means that you are not aware of yourself and you're not aware that you are one group another's another group and nobody is winning anything it's called perspective and it's called uh, opinion and it's called you know someone who has a group that follows them the same way you have a group that follows you and 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 it's humorous from the outside personally because here's where enlightenment soul age people we don't have leaders we we look at people as whatever they stand for yes we're going to use the words but they're all sharing information we're independent from where they want to head or not head so they can like it not like it whatever their likes or dislikes are they are not ours and that's something that's quite unique and very beautiful i might add I will have to cut this one short, but since we have pretty much concluded, I'll cover the self-proclamation, and that's about it for this one. We'll come back with another Q&A at a future date, or a second part will, will come, but when you know if you are tending to information independently, you will know that even this whole word of self-proclamation is kind of BS. I, as an entrepreneur, have to choose titles all the time. I don't like any of them. I like inspiring human potential, which is what I've started to use. But when it comes to the world of work, I have to put in something that's tangible. And obviously, I am an online entrepreneur because that's consulting, marketer, professionally speaking, content creator. So titles work for us in ways that we have to use the part of enlightenment yes this is self-proclaimed for the categories of what are part of an enlightenment so age group are quite clear and in fact if you find anyone who's objective with themselves they would be able to know where they're at if they want to bullshit themselves they'll be able to bullshit themselves the same if they bullshit themselves it's not good or bad it's because they're unaware of their own shame cycle if you're aware of how you feel about yourself you don't have a shame cycle because you'll accept the imperfect person you are without any problem since we all are imperfect the default mode network is down regulated for the enlightenment soul age person because in our body we're not like oh now let me feel shitty because you don't like me no i'm not gonna feel shitty you don't like me good for you i don't i mean the only times we care is because of having created or thinking we were creating intimate relationships so we will care that our loved ones don't like us because we like them and it's where we love them and and even here when it comes to the enlightenment so age person there are no strings attached it's not that you have to like or love me the same way i like or love you it's a bond that is for the test of time if you will because there's no reason for rupture when it comes to relationships for the person who's in a 5dc enlightenment so age group they don't understand it because it never makes sense i was a kid i didn't understand i'm a grown-up i understand um, people choose basically to disrupt each other's relationships there's no reason to disrupt anything because naturally speaking relationships recalibrate based on where the interests and the enjoyment lies so you will always be around people that you enjoy more than not and if there are lacks of interest, well, you'll have little to say for sure, right? So there, this is natural. This is not about there being disruptions. It's about knowing that we all have different types of personalities and 
yada, yada, yada. So yeah, we're not like, oh, they don't like me anymore. Uh, it's something that only takes place again if, if there's aspects that begin to happen. But as that begins to happen, we naturally know, oh, well, wait, they're another person, I'm another person. We'll have different interests, different thoughts, different enjoyments. So this is not personal. It's something natural and humanly speaking, plenty of people, uh, again, go and have developing of different ideas, like with the mirror neurons, like with the idea of who can self-proclaim or not, stuff like that. So integrated minds, enlightenment, so age of people, it doesn't create any type of emotional upset. It creates a opportunity to expand consciousness as always. I was able to get a part two for you, so I, I didn't leave you hanging on the friendships, human suffering, and forgiveness. From a Q&A perspective, that's what we're going to continue talking about. We're done with the self-proclaimed part of this lovely Q&A. Friendships and human suffering and forgiveness. Everything I'm learning, as always, from my lovely NICABM team of trauma experts. They're all therapists. They're all licensed therapists. There's not coaches or consultants. They do support, obviously, working with all people. But again, it's very important to remember the background that each of us has because the ones who go through their school for a license, they work with the board, they work in certain arenas, and although not all of the therapists are yet updated and using the good information to help people to get along and love each other, we're slowly going to get there by collaborating on speaking about right here, different topics in different ways. And the more we can make them accessible to any type of person, and in this case for me, enlightenment involves people who are either channelers, mystics, the holistic, the naturopaths, the ones in the middle who I know plenty of them, they're very inclined to not uh, want to hear the information from the academic community. And that's because there's a heightened negative experience with the people of academia because they will discredit and discount uh, experiences that we have. And I have discussed this with my twin in the CAM episodes on YouTube. So you will have heard of those experiences. And it's very important to note that definitely there is a group of people that doesn't share respect in a way, but there's also a group that does share respect. And I would say that what I find is the same disrespect on the opposite end in the holistic community. So when I hear someone who's a tarot reader tell a person through a, um, what is it called, through basically an Instagram reel, it was that a person should use tarot as their uh, guide to psychology. I was like, no, that's psychology and tarot have nothing in common, you know, although there are psychologists that do use the tarot, but it's still different. The psychologist will use it in accordance to the, it's like those images that they share, uh, what are they called? The ones that have, what do you see? What kind of picture? They, they're tapping into a person's sub, subconscious. So the 
reason for using anything uh, for a licensed therapist will be based on their understanding of the unconscious. And they're working, therefore, with a person's brain. And again, here's why both sides of a coin, whether it be an academic who wants to dismiss person like myself and others, or the individual in the holistic naturopathy community, and I use those two are my are more my more common words, but it's all the ones that I see, oh, ex on traditional medicine is what they will call it, but some will be like, ah, oh, all the ancients have all the answers. No one has all the answers in anything. And the spirituality community is uh, including the religious community, they will use the belief system. So they will have their scriptures and their stories. And this is the part about it being a reality for people. When you can bring all of it together, it's all information that expands consciousness. If you approach any type of conversation with the adult emotion, which most people don't have, the ones who are yelling at each other and or the ones who are in a space of listening, but they're not hearing. And what does that mean? It means that some people will be able to have an exchange that expands them and to hear a different perspective, but they will continue to embody rigidly, quote unquote, that their belief is the true reality versus another. So this is something that is still different than those who disrespect each other, which are the groups of people who are extremists on all sides of the story. Very straightforward. Okay. Repair, rupture, secure attachment. Everything I have been learning points again and again and again to the default mode network that people don't understand. Yoga helps you to stay settled because you actually are learning how to use your nervous system. Which one? The actual new branch of the nervous system in the parasympathetic area of our body, it's called the ventral vagal nervous system. So Buddhist psychologists will talk about it. But again, if someone's inclined to think of themselves as special because they are now in this philosophy of life that equates enlightenment, I've seen them, the whole group of people who are, again, looking at the quote-unquote traditional medicine, meaning science, as the evil entity, as the reptilians, <laughs> okay, they're not actually expanding. They, they will hear because they are, they must coexist if you will, and they will only hear because of being, if they find themselves in the presence of people who can present with respect something. I'm trying to share with you guys a couple of aspects before we get into more of this lovely forgiveness, human suffering, and friendships overall, and just relationships, since our focus is always inspiring human potential. So the individual, the inner growth is for individuals, in addition to being able to address concepts that are societal but societally speaking i have no concern personally i do share a lot of ideas and i'm happy to present them but when it comes to society the structure which has existed and continues to evolve and continues to exist i actually know exactly how me personally will try to affect that and this is where it's a secondary but at the same time all hands are on deck and i love seeing the individuals who are already at this point in our lovely human history trying to address 
those who are in the structure in the way that needs to be addressed so that we may see that these individuals who are leading the way make the decisions that lead to physical and actual mental health between people. So the, the, it's not perfect, but that's where none of us are perfect. Relationships aren't perfect. Perfect structures aren't perfect. This perfection is a word that well, the only people who really still use it are the adaptive children who basically don't know about imperfection being a constant and apparently didn't get that memo okay so we all make mistakes nobody is their biggest mistake no human being for an enlightenment soul age person is their biggest mistake and in fact actually for the enlightenment soul age person nobody makes mistakes every person has free will they got to choose time again and again and again and again and again to make their choices now that there can be compassion for those who are leading with their adaptive child so back to the default mode network that they're not aware that it isn't only by doing yoga that you're going to become enlightened. Let me break it down. Not that it, you know, even here, somebody who's trying to achieve it already, there's a, I want to be something that has value. If you're wanting to be it, there's you trying to obtain something. It's important to note the feeling behind it, what is motivating you and your ego is what motivates every single one of us is motivated. The ego is the self. They call it the self now because the ego, I forget what other equation they give it. But essentially, as long as you don't recognize the presence of the sensation that is within your body alongside whatever thought is coming forth, you only have part of what you are in the moment of you thinking, I want to be enlightened. So here's where if you see a person, and I've seen people use the word, and they've used it in ways where their eyes are glimmering with this shininess of, I had this dream and that dream and that, and this and this, and then they're telling you the whole story. And while they're, you know, again, addressing this to you, there are specific ways the body will speak when we feel enamored with something, and in this case, if you're going to imagine that you are a specific way, thinking that that means you're better than someone else, it will be seen through the eyes that are there because the, are, the eyes are to the soul after all. You know, it's very fascinating what not being able to look each other in the eyes means for people. Even though once you learn enough about trauma, there's also being respectful of that and doing your best to acknowledge that if it's, I've seen the eyes of people who have the need for a person to stop staring at them because there's shame and there's a lot of uncomfortableness and it's, it's a very sad experience. I hope to see my friend, I'm thinking of one of my friends again, uh, and see that hopefully, fingers crossed, she's doing better since the last time I got to actually take a, a, a tiny little look at her eyes. She actually looked in mine and I was like so happy about that day because it means that there's a little bit more of safety within her and she was getting ready to move back in with her parents. So that might be it, you know, because for some people, no matter what is happening and actually, this is where for most people, I'd say, unless they're on a journey of official, you know, good therapy, which, by the way, all the good therapists will try to support forgiveness and repair. They will explain 
unresolved trauma. They will explain that those people didn't choose their trauma. Nobody does, okay? And, and so a good therapist with the neuroscience, with the basis of Basil van der Kolk, Stephen Porges, with a lot of different types of experience and somatics, again, sensory motor. So they're not only looking at it from a cognitive perspective. They know about the body. They know about the embodiment of our lovely brain and mind and attachment, again, everything. They will lead a person to understand it's not about justifying. It's about being able to know the past. One is over. It never is going to be changed. So to be able and lose or give up all hope is the way Daniel Siegel presents it. And it's a way that I'd say some people have to deal with the past but for the enlightenment soul age group person it's actually never something we will like do because it's normal that if something took place it already has taken place that's it it's not gonna change and so here's why forgiveness when i think of jesus forgive them for they do not know he uses that word in a time with a specific number of pieces of information and he didn't know about the reptilian part of our nervous system. And for all we know, I mean, I'm not sure. I need to look up the timeline of when this new branch, our ventral vagal, the social engagement system came online to maybe see if I can figure that timeline out. But long story short, when people are people and they accept that there is imperfection, there's no need for that word forgiveness. The ones who use it are the same ones who keep on not repairing because they're not in it to be friends. They're not in these types of scenarios, even the enlightenment. They're not in it because of the expansion of consciousness. They're in it because the ego wants to feel important, wants to feel validated. And that part is going to be visible in many different ways, shapes, and forms to an enlightenment soju person because there's going to be a level of rigidity and a level of conformity. And there's going to be a level of this armor, if you will, but also just this way of speaking a truth that is nonverbal. And that's the part where a person who is not activated in their default mode network in let me scan the others and the self so basically i'm not activated in analyzing are you telling me the truth are you lying what are you okay so person who's a functional adult who's an integrated mind there's mind sight so they're able to sift the mind they're able to be attuned they're able to see and sense all because that default mode network is down regulated but first and foremost it's also because a person has chosen to regard themselves as a person another as a person and not to make any assumption on what the motive is what the motive is not you know there's no strings attached there's no thought of something is happening that i need to figure out there's choosing to allow a friendship for example in this case to unfold and this is for all of our relationships the human suffering that people have is in there and due to them being in their temporal junction they don't move to their prefrontal cortex to their third eye to the state of compassion in fact they stay in those mirror neurons that we talked about they don't move into being proactive into one differentiating and saying i'm a person their person my nervous system might be picking up something different 
they're not even, and, and all of this is, by the way, unnecessary. An enlightenment so age person will not be doing any of it. It will be simply straightforward. You're a person, I'm a person. I don't know what you're feeling and thinking. I'm going to wait till you tell me. I'll have a way that I'll tell you what I'm thinking or feeling. And if you say no, well, I'll have to go with it. I don't care if you have a story behind it. Because this is the part of not thinking of people as, oh, that might be an evil human being. Who, who cares, quote unquote, meaning if you're going to do something, you're going to do it in time. It's going to come out. There, there's no uh, way that something doesn't come unfolded, which is why a person who is able to enjoy people for who they are even when gossip has happened, even when lying. Like to me, all the lovely people in my life, I am very upset when any, any person, and I'm sure there are plenty of listeners that as they tune in, uh, they'll have their judgment. To me, they shouldn't judge. It's not their life. It's not their friends. It's not their people. It's another person telling a story. And it's not pink tainted glasses or sunshine. This is an actual taking a look at everyone is imperfect there's no reason for an individual to not love because fyi love is when you're engaged in your ventral vagal system in the first place the love that you hold within your body does not depend on others it depends on what you choose to perceive what you choose to tell yourself back to the attachment security people when you are able to make sense of the very challenging, difficult things that have happened to you. You have a secure attachment. And now I'm saying it in this way because it's very, very interesting how many teenagers grew up to stay in their sob stories. Because again, if you have a horror shit show of a story, I'm going to listen to you. And you know what I've found is that those who have a horror shit show of story have a lot more of love to speak about humanity and true friendship that they choose to bring because they choose not to behave in certain ways. Now, some people, they will continue to have conditions because they will continue to fear or to be, you know, people who will see what they want to see, which is something that a choice is a choice. Again, free will. You can either accept that there's unresolved trauma and there's poor and there's a lot of different things that happen and so that it's not about evil or the devil, but that it's about a lot of more components, or you can, again, choose to stay within a limited mindset, which is where 3D, 4D, other soul age groups potentially are. And again, someone who's open to listening, I can always note, and anyone can really, if they're in the enlightenment soul age group, because the other ones are creating their assumptions based on stereotypes, based on generalizations, based on what they believe to be true according to their past and they're choosing that it's so and that's not good or bad because we got other soul age groups for reasons and that's what they're for so long story short you get to tap into or not tap into your infinite higher human consciousness potential day by day by day through your free will friendships are built because you support each other in moments of that suffering for those who have the suffering Love cycle people, we don't have suffering because unless there's a truck on top of our body that's actually squishing us, and, and I mean this, I, I will have no shadow of a doubt when I will encounter any person who's from a love cycle to the Enlightenment Soul Age Group that they will be able to say what I'm sharing with you. Shame cycle, no, it's different. Shame cycle group, they will have what is that whole dark night of soul, ego death, and that's because... 
they will have areas where they will have made compromises because they will have not noticed that they were an adaptive child emotional response so that they were in a insecure spot in their emotions that they were reactive and whatever and it's going to take however much time that the person decides to um, sit there and ignore that their choices were led by hurt feelings or fear or fear of rejection, whatever. It's like my friend, the one that I didn't talk to for five years, when they came back around, they apologized because they did do what they did knowingly. When they lied, they chose. When they were treating the entire meeting together or whatnot they knew when I was getting upset and they they, because of the way that they can read people and they continued to do it because their priority was simply put the girlfriend they had gotten that's it I was not in any way shape or form a priority they didn't actually care about trying to have a conversation that would allow me to see their perspective but they also didn't care to enter into my perspective furthermore because of them knowing me they chose to continue pressing in a certain way thinking that not even thinking this is the part they disregarded my emotional well-being in those moments and they disregarded my getting upset and they disregarded everything which it's not a good or bad thing the reason for the extreme choice that I made is because of both of us knowing each other and again me learning it's this person is a part of my oversoul like I was not surprised that I learned something from them which is that I would never not talk to a friend just because they're pissing me off that I would just you know leave it alone and 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 recalibrate but not uh you know because the reality is in those entire five years I was angry at my friend for having dismissed the importance of our relationship it was not what they chose for their life or their disregard for my uh, supporting them. It was simply put, their choice of how to treat me showed me they didn't actually care about our relationship in any way, shape, or form. So it doesn't matter if I talk to you or not because you don't actually care. Your priority is your girlfriend. That's it. Everything else, even the fact that I'm getting upset, you don't care about. You're actually continuing to do it without ever saying, hey, let me talk to you and see what's going on. So the part about what we get to learn, though, is very beautiful, the love cycle people, which is where when we address the topics, I didn't say you're, well, I did say that you're an asshole. You know this, though, because we would tease about that. This person teases because they know that they have this clownish behavior that is an asshole-ish behavior. So the conversation is very serious, including this, you know, you acted like an asshole and them knowing it and, and clarifying areas, but also sharing something important, which is I don't have establishing relationships for just no reason. If I'm here, it's because of caring and you didn't demonstrate that. Yada, yada, yada. The part of conversation, repair, rupture, forgiveness there's no need to forgive anything there's an oh i forgive you no it was we're going to sit down we're going to talk and then we're going to clear it up two days two days to clear it up i was still upset at them the second day and then this thing happened it was hilarious this this event that took place but when you look at human suffering in a separate 
organized category it's the way a person will evaluate and really what it is is they will have a story of a hero and a villain and they won't be working with emotion and so people who have that they suffer because they're not contemplating okay i'm upset let me allow myself to bring my body to ease the minute you can bring your body to ease is basically not suppressing the emotion you allow it to be there it's there it's an emotion you say it's an emotion it's okay what is it sadness well of course i'm sad and you allow yourself not to justify but to understand my sadness comes from a situation that's it you shut down this narrator that then continues the story because the emotion isn't going to change in that moment the only way it's going to get processed in a way that enlightens you is if you allow your body to stay in a ventral vagal state which is what people don't do they start and continue with oh, i can't trust anyone oh this oh, that, oh there's no true friends blah 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 there's the overgeneralization studies show this is why people will not the people that don't move beyond trauma unresolved traumatic situations are the ones who use overgeneralizations this is presented a data point presented to me by this person i forget his name more than once but if i if you want the resource i'll be glad to share in the meantime it's something that has been said more than once and even when i share again with you when daniel siegel presents if you're able to make sense of these very challenging things that happen to you you will develop a secure attachment experience this is where people can go through life without human suffering which is where the love cycle is the shame cycle no because they have what is shame blame fault revenge rumination they're in the i'm at fault they're at fault he's broken she's broken they're the, and they're always doing this little tag game and that's not processing thank you train for confirmation that's not processing your emotion that's just you in the chatter brain that stays on and you didn't do anything to your charge state except for potentially re-traumatize because here's where when i would think in those five years of my friend i would get more angry than not because as i told the story of what they did it would keep bringing forth the very aspects that this person actively did that disrespected so i was reminding myself of the lack of love that i had been shown of the disrespect that i'd been shown and so this is where the fueling of it would be because of reliving again and again and again i wouldn't go to sleep with it that's for sure it was just whenever the name would pop up someone would mention them and i'd be like oh guess what that person did and here's how we also process aspects and side note again i knew actively that that wasn't positive that having anger was not a positive emotion that i would at some point process it on my own i just wasn't in any rush because you know the fact was that we were no longer friends so i was going to process it at my own timing it's not like it's a bad thing to have frustration or anger here is accepting of emotions and resiliency built within your own body with your ventral vagal system this nervous system is yours you choose if you can sit in compassion with yourself as you experience emotional situations friendships don't end if people want to continue building because they actually have interest in each other and the love cycle people so if i use my story i have learned with specific number of people important and valuable lessons 
And like I said, with this friend, I learned how I would never do that because it was a bullshit thing for me to do because, again, it was presented how people, like this person, feared rejection, still fears rejection. Their asshole-ish, clownish behavior is because of fear of rejection. They gave me insight into why human beings act like assholes. And when I realized this, it was by the second day, and I was like, okay, so humanly speaking, that's where I was able to see a pattern. And there was the twofold. People are afraid of rejection, so they act like assholes. Two, my friend, I still loved them throughout those five years, and so it was silly on that end as well. And here's how you grow the fuck up. And also stop claiming certain things. But the part about claiming, for me, I had already began seeing the fact that human beings, they're not evil. They're suffering. And when they're suffering, they do things that are hurtful and not nice in any way, shape, or form. And that's not changed. In fact, the people who continue to be in human suffering, they have the whole retaliation. They will ruminate on something and twist it to such an extent that they will create a hero and a villain. They can be the villain sometimes, they can be the hero, you know, just watch a movie and you'll see what human suffering is. The fact of the matter is anyone can get out of it if they stop generalizing and talking shit about humanity. So the people with a love cycle will have learned again and again and again what they already had began with, which is humanity is not evil. It's loving and if humanity is not loving, they're scared and there's reasons why they do the things they do and it's always because of something that they're defending themselves from and usually it's involving heartbreak or emotions. And here's where our lovely psychoeducators come into the mix again, where every person wants to be seen, wants to be heard, wants to be validated, wants to be soothed, wants to be tended to, wants to be welcomed for who they are. And there's the group mentality, the codependent one-on-one relationships, you know, everything that you will see out there of people yelling at each other are adaptive children not growing up and not noticing their default mode network is on with each other and that they've chosen one group where they're safe, only their friends, everybody else must suck and stuff like that. The enlightenment soul age person will not be blinded by this because the love people particularly, the shame people, again, it depends if they move into their enlightenment soul age group or not. And that's where it's, simply because they have a lot of those rigid leaders that they will look to. And the part about if you move into your enlightenment, so age group involves if you're going to unconditionally love people, all people in humanity with flaws and imperfections, which means loving, no strings attached, meaning whatever you do is not going to make me say humanity is evil, the devil, or shit, or justify my emotional potential reactivity or that I do something that I know is emotionally hurtful or mentally or any, all of it, that a person tends to other, another self emotionally, not mentally, emotionally. Before you can tend to another emotionally would mean you need to be self-empowered from your own body, which means that your ego is not even flicked if somebody who is close to you basically manipulates and here I'll end with this as I grew up and I'm not going to be specific with this story as I grew up there were very specific aspects that I definitely noted and I didn't know the psychology as much as I do now and 
there's specific way that I learned how to address when people use personal, very important information about you that you share because these are loved ones. That I'm talking like, you know, important data points of you, like of your life, things that hurt your feelings. So it's like people who know your secret, right? Okay, people who know your heart. I learned at, at a young age, not an older age, how to work with that. And it involved one word again, and it is my heart, my ability to bring love to it, and someone who will use data of my stuff like this, good to know. I'll be prepared with what? Love. Not with anything else, because the other stuff is bullshit. That ain't going to bring love to your heart. And manipulation, it's really nothing more than a person who usually doesn't know they're doing it, by the way, and who usually has a justification for it. And again, it isn't hurtful if you develop a differentiated self, which you can as you learn to use the ventral vagal nervous system in your own body and to basically know other and the self. There ain't no danger if you're not chasing me with an axe, again, I have no physical danger in front of me and emotions, love in my heart, there we go, it's on. It was not hard to do. In fact, it was easy. Furthermore, it was easy because people will love you for who you are. It doesn't mean they won't go through moments of stress. It won't mean that they won't do things they're unconsciously unaware of. The stories of the teenagers, of the children, of people will continue to be stories if they want to choose to say, oh, here's the list of all the things they did and why they're not a friend. And they're completely ignoring the part of their heart that they could work on first and then have maybe a conversation and just not point that finger. Shame, blame, fault, revenge. They're all the human suffering loops. They're all in a temporal junction. None of them bring any person to heal their safety behaviors or their unresolved trauma. And most people, basically, I've seen them not grow up. They stopped at their teenage years. They just grew in number. Enlightenment Soul Age Group is an integrated mind, which means a person who has all hands on deck, that down-regulated default mode network, our ventral vagal system is always online. Pretty much we're in a state of love, 300 60 degrees all the time and when we go through other emotions we get to use our ventral vagal system that compassion so we don't know human suffering the love cycle people because we don't know shame when somebody is quote-unquote shaming us and actually that has happened even if it's an adult we will know that that's not ours and we will be able to in our own body because again if you don't know shame now if you know shame then that's different you're going to have a different feeling about it which is why when somebody will tell me what has taken place in their life and they will have done something that was a bit spiteful or something like that, but they will tell me exactly what went down, I will always be able to know they're, they're protecting themselves. They did something to protect themselves from a bully, from whatever, but they will be aware of it. And so it's about being able to take ownership and then also a person who moves completely out of shame to say, mm, fuck this shit, I ain't gonna put up with anyone who's going to treat me in a certain way. You can move into being able to be the person who is consistently sharing love. That is a calling, if you will. And so what I'm trying to say is for me, I will always choose love. I would not be able to choose anything else, but I don't know shame. What I've noticed from people who do have shame is that they would have an actual choice to make 
the minute that they can see what shame does, and that would be something maybe harder. I don't know because I don't know what I what I what I was envisioning was if you get to move out of shame while you're moving out of it, it it's actually twofold because if someone's shaming you, there's going to want to defend yourself, and there's a realization of that, and so it would have to be where you're going to create a level of love and compassion and confidence in that very moment of wait a minute, I don't need to feel shame and I don't want to shame this person. The right thing to do is to be able and be an adult about it. And that would require, though, the person who, again, has a feeling of shame to choose love. And uh, I'm sure that that happens. I'm just not from that end of the spectrum is what I'm getting at. But I would let you know if I hear of any stories that remind me of this very specific aspect. At the end of the day, forgiveness and human suffering go hand in hand for people who move into compassion friendships also there's always repair because people choose to stay friends they choose to stay in each other's lives like when my friend again i don't turn my back on anyone um and even there was one person at the time when i was in talking to my friend that they were in the same boat my entire life there's only two people that i've known that i was in a very specific upset state at my friend is, you know, zeroed out and the other person, they, they're zeroed out, meaning that as we discussed many times again and again, I know that it's a BS um, emotion to have, meaning that the people and the person, excuse me, involved is not, um, it's just zeroed out is what I'm saying. And that's the part. Zero doesn't mean indifferent. It means it's not actually a life-threatening situation. There is no reason for the upset except for something that has taken place in the past. And this human being was not even for, for me to be... I, I, they were not my friend. I was involved unnecessarily. And that's where having shared the stories so many times with my lovely listeners is what got me to keep on reevaluating it with equanimity. Those are the aspects of love. And friendships are friendships because they are chosen. And we have these lovely 24 hours. So make sure to, you know, spend them with people that you care about. Have genuine conversations. If you can be the love cycle person, that means you can be kind and, and tend to the adaptive child. It doesn't mean they're going to come your way, but you can continue to construct and build relationships. Again, none, none of us... <laughs> have the answer to anything of how the world is going to move but we have each other to try and create a better future and to try and keep moving forward and enlightenment is really great so whether you come at it from a love cycle or shame cycle is really great once you get there integrated mind restorative embodied self by the way this is the nature of all human bodies so that infinite higher human consciousness potential is available to you but you're not you're going to need to move out of the adaptive child emotional stuff i hope you enjoyed the episode if you have any questions or you'd like me to take a look at any topics let me know i'd be happy to see where they fit in the ihp content and in the meantime i wish you all the most wonderful day big hug Thank you.